picture this Bryce actually and finally joining me on a paranormal adventure, but not just any paranormal adventure an overnight and investigation in one of the most haunted locations in California, in Long Beach, California, the Queen Mary. We finally stepped foot onto this historical ocean liner, which once sailed the tumultuous seas and witnessed countless tales of tragedy, wars, and puts one directly in the midst of paranormal energy. In this two-part episode of Return to the Queen Mary, we break it down into an interview and paranormal investigation with the Queen Mary's lead investigator and researcher, Becca Knight. Becca Knight is the brainchild behind the Grey Ghost Project. The Grey Ghost Project is one of the most popular and most sought out tours on the Queen Mary. It's a three hour exploration of the haunts and history of the RMS Queen Mary that takes one to the lower depths and some of the most active areas within the ship. And I ship you not, Bryce actually took this tour with me and investigated and participated in the Estes method. And you're gonna have to tune in for part two for that one. But in part one, we have an in-depth interview with Becca Knight and we get to digest her knowledge and passion as we delve deep into the ship's haunted past, unearthing meticulously researched accounts of supernatural encounters and untold secrets. We leave not only with unforgettable memories, but a renewed appreciation for the Queen Mary's paranormal and historical mystique that continues to captivate visitors from around the world. All right, all you Holly weirdos, you already know the drill. And since we're going to be taking this into a ship, you want to grab your life vests, grab that salient night and sprinkle that circle of salt because we are about to get really Holly weird in one of the most haunted places in California, the Queen Mary. Let's get Holly weird on the Queen Mary with Becca Knight. Since the beginning of the start of our podcast, we've been asked time and time again, when are you going to cover the Queen Mary? And we've always held off on it because we were fed so many different versions of stories, legends, research, and haunted history that just didn't seem to make sense to us. It left us with many questions than answers. We actually wanted to find the right people who knew the most about Queen Mary inside and out. We started this journey with our last guest, Aidan Sinclair, the resident illusionist and researcher of the Queen Mary, who then turned us to his wife, Becca Knight. It is high time that the Queen Mary's history and ghost legends are set straight by none other than one of the ship's head investigator and historian, Becca. With meticulous research, untangling years of misconceptions becomes an invigorating task for someone of their caliber. Armed with a wealth of knowledge and access to not only this historical ship, 
but also her invaluable archival material. Knight's research discerns fact from fiction in order to present a comprehensive account of the Queen Mary's past that just so happens to be very well versed and curated in Knight's very popular tour and project, The Grey Ghost Project. The Grey Ghost Project is a group investigation that allows those to come along on a three-hour exploration of the haunts and haunted history of the RMS Queen Mary. You join Becca on their quest to document evidence of the paranormal on board in some of the most supernaturally active locations, as well as areas restricted to normal day guests and tours. For example, the captain's bridge, the rope hold, and the infamous pool area. Yes, where one of the most famous ghosts of them all reside, the ghost of Jackie, whose story and legend may have uh, or may have not been sensationalized by a specific house that resides here in California. But you see, Becca and her husband Aiden boldly challenge popular misconceptions and debunk sensationalized tales and endeavors to bring historical accuracy back to the forefront, something that is very lacking in the paranormal community to this day. Accuracy and ethics. Their rigorous investigations delve into every facet of the ship's illustrious past, lending credibility to their assertions. This unwavering pursuit in setting history right honors not only the Queen Mary, but also her energy and her ghosts, and most of all those who have passed on her ship, ensuring that what they encounter are accurate narratives free from embellishments or exaggerations, which unfortunately are quite often seen in many outlets today. So you see, Bryce and myself had the opportunity, thanks to our Patreon members and their donations to the podcast for us to set foot and embark on this journey of learning more about the Queen Mary and her story and her history, but most of all, her grace, grit, and one hell of resilience. A resilience that best describes everyone that lives in and around Los Angeles. So all we can offer, dear listener, in this two-part episode is this, that you embark with us on this journey with an open mind as we set foot on the Queen Mary and sit down and speak to the people who know and love and respect her the most. We started this journey with Aiden Sinclair, and now let's end it with Becca Knight. now approaching the entrance Ooh. of the Queen Mary and um, Bryce just mentioned that this is his first time. That's right. A baby first timer. Oh my god Bryce look it's and so it's pretty. all decorated. It's decorated for the holidays. It's so pretty. I've been to I was saying to Tammy I've been to actually this area too. I've been to the Long Beach Convention Center like a bunch of times. Uh, I've always been aware of the Queen Mary but here it is and it's beautiful. It's it big is. too. Jesus. She is a beaut. She is, man, she's really big. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is, uh... I Proud mean, Mary, keep on I rolling. I didn't realize it was this big, to be honest. Oh, I'm so excited. And Bryce, you're going to be staying the night. Yes. Are you excited to know if we have a uh, haunted room? I'm excited to <laughs> know if I can recreate every scene of Titanic here. <laughs> Frankly, it looks like I can. So I'm prepared. I'm ready. Well, we are about to check in. We had a little kerfuffle earlier. I had a flat. Yes. So I don't know if that was a bad omen or whatnot, but we braced ourselves through the hour and 45 minutes of traffic. I think it's like get all of the bad out of the way first, you know? I agree. Or maybe, like, my husband's like, don't look at it that way. Look at it like maybe you needed that little, like, pullback. Yeah. something was happening on the roads. You never know. So, we are about to park. We're going to check in. We're going to grab a little dinner. And then we're going to interview Becca, who is the head of the Grey Ghost Project. And I'm excited. Yes, I am too. Becca Knight. I am the resident paranormal investigator at the Queen Mary and founder of the Grey Ghost Project. We were introduced to you by your husband, your partner, Aiden, who leads an amazing seance experience, 57 Ghosts, and he told us about you and what you do and how you guys curated the Grey Ghost Project. And we were like, we have to go and we have to meet Becca and do this entire investigation because from what it sounded like, Becca, like it's so well versed, it's so well researched, and it's so well ethically presented. We try. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'll get into conversations with my guests at the end of some of the investigations and I'll say that I don't feel like I can say I'm not exploiting ghosts. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like you can be doing what I'm doing and say that, oh no, I'm not exploiting the ghosts in any way. Mm -hmm. If there is a ticket price, you know, a a group, I feel like that period is an exploitation. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, everyone at the end of my investigations looks at me and goes, absolutely not. No, Mm -hmm. not the way you do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful for that because I'm very protective of yes. what we do here and whoever we are potentially speaking to. Um, we, we take great care and um, uh, respect and um, truly just are super protective of those that we have these conversations with. Um, you know, because if we are having conversations with a ghost, I mean, how, one, lucky are we, and two, that they're giving their energy to talk to us or give a shit to have a conversation back with us. They could be doing something better. I don't know. Um, All of this, I say that we lead a uh, skeptical and as scientific approach to paranormal investigating as you can when it comes to something you can't see. Um, All we can do is know how our equipment works and why, Um, know why science refutes it. Um, Anytime people ask me advice when it comes to equipment, they ask me, you know, what should I get? What should I do? And I always tell them the first thing I do when it comes to my equipment is I look up the name of it and debunked Mm. because I want to know why people hate it, what made people hate this device and what usage of it makes them disagree with it being, uh, disagree with it working disagree Mm -hmm. with it showing any sort of results of the paranormal um 
way long tangent. So no, can no, you that, tell that, Aiden is my husband. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we can tell. And <laughs> Bryce is the yeah. CEO of Tangents. So if you have ever yes. heard our episodes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think so. I, it's interesting because even just hearing you say that, unfortunately, that is sort of in my experience, not the norm for this industry. Can you just talk a little bit about what led you or how did you kind of come to or always have that beautiful knowledge of like respect first, ethics first, science first, like holding space for doubt, but also belief? Like how did you kind of get to that point? And like, why do you think that that's so rare in this industry? I say I don't ever remember a time that I didn't believe in ghosts. Mm. Um, Had a weird experience when I was five years old. Um, And other than that, have just always believed that ghosts exist. Mm. So I don't... I'm not skeptic in that, prove it to me. Sure. But Mm -hmm. I'm skeptic in each and every interaction. Is that a ghost? Mm -hmm. Um, Or whatever we believe a definition of a ghost is. Um, I think people put it simply as a person who passed on, and I think a ghost is truly anything or anyone you can't see that you interact with. I think it's a bit more broad than yeah. just a person who's passed. Just from experiences on the ship, weird things happen. Yeah. Um, a lot of my approach uh, comes from just living on the ship. I got a job here um, you know, seating the house for our our show to begin with. And uh, that put me in the forward B deck of the ship, where we are right now. Uh (laughs) It is a really cool place. I know. (laughs) 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 Um, So I spent a lot of time here, and we were, what I say, residing here for about four months before we ever attempted to have an investigation, before we ever attempted to talk to anyone who may be in the space. So I think that led to a lot of success for us in that we didn't immediately come in demanding to talk. We weren't a stranger in the space going, hey, you don't know me, but you're going to talk to me, Mm -hmm. tap my equipment. We unknowingly, I think, I hope, built some sort of a relationship or at least an awareness of one another or an awareness of me so that when I can build that awareness of who may exist Mm -hmm. here, they already were aware of me being in this space. Um, And this is... For me, paranormal investigating is recent. Um, I started in 2018 um, right here in this space. Our very first paranormal investigation was led by Grant Wilson of Ghost Hunters, who takes that very kind, respectful, Mm. um, uh, empathetic empathetic? approach um, to to what he does. Um, So that certainly shaped a lot of how I approach it. Um, and Aiden and myself continue to do investigations just ourselves because why not? We have access to the space, um, and I had an interest in it, so let's go. Let's see what happens. Um, and curious things happened. Um, it took about four months before of investigating, four months of investigating before it felt like we could figure out, oh, we've been talking to you. We've been having interactions with you. It took four months of consistent weekend investigations every weekend, two, three times a weekend investigating to figure out who one, maybe two persons were. Um, 
so when investigators go into a space and they have one maybe two nights maybe you'll get activity maybe you get someone willing to talk to you but you certainly i don't think you can see a complete story of who is there um, unless you meet someone like me who's like, let me tell you my life story. <laughs> <Let> <laughs> Sit me down, kid. It's going to be a while. Yeah, they have their I they're know. Like, they're like, why are you so prepared? Wow. <laughs> you don't know how many come in here looking yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's the other thing is these, these locations are just a swinging door of investigators, of people sure. that are interested. And I always say that we have the right heart for it. We have the right intent for it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we care and we believe. Some of us are looking more so for the circus aspect of it, make the things go off, and some of us are there for the who are you, what does this mean? Yeah. And I think the other part of it is who are you and what does this mean for my life, yeah. my end? Where do we go? Because if you exist, maybe that brings me comfort in knowing where mm. death leads us. Yeah. Um, so I think... A lot of that just the the empathy and the respect for what we do comes from residing in this space and growing a connection to the space that you can't not walk onto this ship and care. Mm-hmm. Um, there has always since day one been something so special about this ship that I don't think anybody has ever been able to figure out why. Yeah. Um, all of her captains have nothing but the most beautiful words that they have said about her. Um, when it came out that she was going to be bought by Long Beach, former crew wrote to the city of Long Beach and were like, please, can I have a job? I just want to be back on the Queen Mary. Um, She has always drawn people and had this connection. Um, And I don't know what exactly it is that makes this ship so special because it started just from saving her from the scrapyard when being built. You know, it took the merger of two companies, the White Star Line and Cunard, to be able to come together because England would only grant one loan. And that saw the completion of the Queen Mary and the Queen Elizabeth. Um, And had that not happened, she would have been split in two in a whole different ship or scrapped. Um, Oh, yeah. She went to World War II, had a bounty on her head, survived. Um, She was up for sale, didn't go to the scrapyard. And then a pandemic shut her down for her longest closure since her docking at the end of her years in 1967. Again, scrapyard, maybe, saved. So this girl is resilient. Um, I think we we love that story, right? Like, we relate to resiliency. Yeah. Especially in these last, like, few years. Yeah. I, I think all of us feel that of, like, whatever we've gone through in the last couple of years, whatever that version looks like, it's been resilience. Yeah. So I think people are just drawn to that tenacity um we can cut this part Uh, you had mentioned (laughs) that you don't want to talk about certain things can you kind of talk about the before and after the closure like i know you guys had such access during covid can you talk a little bit about that that what you noticed yeah Yeah. (laughs) what what did that time without our living friends do to the people here who have passed on yeah um and again, uh, just to be very clear, like, we don't have to talk about anything that you don't want to. No, that's to. good. Yeah. Um, pre and during COVID, everything was, for us, continuing to be very lucky, mm. very active. Um, we could have 
reoccurring K2 activity. We could have reoccurring Estes conversations. Um, Estes is the Estes method, utilizing a spirit box in the way that um, Carl Pfeiffer, Connor Randall, and Michelle Tate um, conceptualized at the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've had 45 minute long Estes conversations where it's the entirety is just a back and forth conversation that shouldn't happen but somehow we experience that here on this amazing um we in that four months of figuring out who one potential person was um that person has become someone that i consider a friend um so anytime we would investigate it seemed like we were able to find him and that included during the covid closure as well Um, We were very lucky to be able to continue coming aboard from March 2020 closure through April 2021. And every time we came aboard the ship, we'd try someplace new because Mm -hmm. why not? We had new access. Let's go around. Let's see what's happening. Um, And we also got to allow people to be able to see the ship and see that she's okay and that she's Mm -hmm. still here. And also potentially to kind of talk to her spirits too. So we live streamed our investigations too. Um, Not knowing if that adds energy to it to help or if that just, you know, was just purely for people to be able to have something in quarantine to be able to look in and see. Um, But they could type their questions and participate Mm -hmm. in in the investigation as well from home. Um, but even if we were in a space that we didn't generally find our friend, he found us. Um, I very much feel like he wanders the decks and is very much in our time and space. It's very much aware of our present, um, wanders around, watches the people, the events, listens to the music on the promenade deck. Um, Mm. and when everybody left, a lot of what we were getting in Estes sessions were the people, the people they're gone and Mm. there was this sadness this missing of the people Mm. um and how do you explain a pandemic to like you don't even know what their perspective is yeah they don't know what's going on like what happened it's because we had built a relationship for a long enough period with him that we knew how we could speak to him um we knew that we could speak present tense and frankly with him um so we could share that covid was happening Um, but we did also say, you remember the Spanish flu. That's literally the timeline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he would say yes. And we're like, it's kind of that again. That's what's happening. That's why we're all gone. Um, but our relationship with him too also started with, you know, Hey, we're here to talk. That's what they all say. Mm -hmm. You'll leave too. So there was always this you know, this trust that we had to build to even develop any sort of relationship or conversations with him. Um, So when it came to us having to leave during COVID, we weren't here as frequently and we were very much apologetic. And we're like, hey, we're so sorry. We don't have a choice. We have to leave. We'll come back as often as we can, but we don't know when often is or how often. Um, So we were always very upfront and explaining, we got to go, we'll be back gotta go we'll be back every time we found him we gotta go we'll be back coming back the gap was april 2021 to may 2023 and during that time a lot of paranormal productions came aboard they took advantage of the ship being closed 
mm-hmm. as they should. You don't have that contamination of it being a public space and people being on the ship. So that is when you should have an investigation. Absolutely. Um, but we all see paranormal TV and the, the attitudes and the way that it has generally gone about, whether that's for camera or genuinely, regardless, it happens and it happens in the space. Yeah. And that sort of treatment, I don't think is appreciated, especially being that her glory days are 1936 to 1967. You're finding a certain generation. Mm-hmm. And when you talk to someone of that generation, you treat them with kindness and respect. Yes. You respect your elders. And if you're not treating them that way, well, fuck around and find out. Yeah. <laughs> they fought a war. Good luck. <laughs> Greatest generation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <true. laughs> so I can only imagine that, granted, you're already dealing with it as a smattering since sure. 1971. That sort of approach. That sort of disrespect when trying to talk to somebody and how many times would you be willing to answer less than zero i know i already when my friends don't like being told what to do in my house we get out <laughs> i throw I a chair across the room i make noises. i'll do anything to get them out right those are my friends but at least in between those people, you hopefully have people like myself, like Aiden, yeah. that are, hello, please, thank you. Oh, it's so nice to meet you. And don't we all just want a friend? Right. I would hope. Yeah. But I don't assume or expect sure. anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So when the treatment is only that mm. for a certain period of time, just as we all thought... We couldn't wait for the pandemic to end. Oh my God, I would have go hung a stranger right now. Just, yeah. I want to touch, <laughs> yeah. see anybody. Right. When the pandemic was over, we had been in our shell for so long that we were like, mm, actually a night at home sounds really good. Yeah. yeah. So I can only imagine that the same feeling is here. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Where there may have been that missing of people when they did receive people. Was it really what they wanted? Mm-hmm. And then now that we are back... I feel like I'm having to rebuild that trust and that respect sure. and that, no, hey, it's me. Do you remember me? Because I'm adamant that with as much activity happened before and during the pandemic, if you've been here since 1971 or even before, a three-year shutdown is not making you leave the ship. Sure. You're tied here for whatever reason. I don't think necessarily you're bonded, stuck, caged in. You know, mm-hmm. I say have legs, we'll travel. If there's somewhere you want to go, you're going to go. Yeah. But if you've been here for decades, I don't think three years makes you go, well, the people are gone from here now. <laughs> I'm not, I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm going to peace out. <laughs> I, yeah. I think you're here because of the shit, because of whatever happy or special memory or connection she has for you um so post pandemic with the reopening it started really slow Mm. um i'm still not confident that i have found my friend again i feel like he lingers and watches in the shadows 
he's probably here right now, just kind of listening, because that's just kind of his jam. Yes. What's up? Hi. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, yes. If we were still playing music in this room, he'd probably throw on his song so that I knew he was here. Mm. Um, Is this Skylark? Yes. Can we call him Skylark? Yes. <laughs> um, so we do refer to him as Skylark, because the first piece of information that we learned about him was his favorite song, wow. that Skylark. That was such a beautiful story that yeah. Aiden shared, and I listened to that song after our interview. Beautiful, bittersweet, yeah. very bittersweet. So we would play that in this space on a shuffle, you know, with 300 songs, sure. um, and if we would be talking about him, he would, I assume he would... <laughs> turn the song on because how many times should one song play in a shuffle and especially when you're talking about something and then the thing that correlates to that thing starts playing it's intriguing (laughs) you know they say there's no such thing as coincidence i mean there is but how many times is a coincidence just a coincidence um so post-pandemic it's been really hard to feel like I'm having communication again. Mm. Um, I used to be able to ask for a direct interaction on a K2 meter and receive it and ask for a direct interaction with uh, our data logger and receive it and ask for a direct interaction on a cat ball, ask for a specific word in Estes, get all of those responses. Um, And post pandemic, one of my equipment the data logger is the only thing that's lighting up with any frequency. Mm. So when that first started, when I first resumed, I was like, ooh, must be a false positive. Because if that's the only thing going mm-hmm. off, I don't trust it. Mm-hmm. Science brain says no. Um, what I should be having is, I would hope, something similar to what I experienced pre-pandemic. Is that direct interaction, that ask and receive, um, the the getting the the light on the data logger but then also asking for something else to happen and then that also happening because you think if you can set off one you can also do the other especially if you could pre-pandemic so when only one is going off i doubt it um until one night every single time i was in a space i was like okay if you're talking to us if you're trying to talk to us if we're not hearing you we're done in this space, our time is done here, but we're going to another space, so you're welcome to come along with us and follow us. And every time I said follow us, that light would go. And I was just like, okay, you know, whatever. But at the end of the night, when it did that, every time I said follow us, how many times is a coincidence? So I started going, okay, maybe the light is an interaction. Let's stop dismissing it and let's start engaging with it. Um, so if that's the only device that they're lighting up for whatever reason, or the only device that works or that is comfortable for them, I don't know. We don't know how this works. Right. We, we have our assumptions, but again, you can't see it. So we don't know. All we see is what happens on our end of things. Mm. So if the yellow light is going off on my data logger, I'm like, okay, great. If you're doing that, do that now. Tell me yes to this question. Okay. Tell me yes to this question again. And then if I get the same response with each question in an appropriate amount of time, maybe I am talking to somebody with just this one light. Um, You know, and that's weird. (laughs) I I have this expectation and this previous experience Mm. of it being different. 
Um, but you know, all I can do is engage with it as it is right now and just keep going with it and see what that is. You know, especially if I do feel like I'm building back trust and respect. Okay. Your terms. Let's go. But to still be able to approach it in a way that's like not defeatist and still adapting, but still I can, let's try and replicate this. If this is the only way, that's fine, but let's still apply some logic and some science where we are now able to. I love that pivot. It's so special. I love, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I have to say this. I love first and foremost, how you approached it. Mm -hmm. And then there's something that caught on to me when you're like, I don't know what it is and when people say that to me when they experiment or where they go into an investigation are like we really don't know what we're dealing with no and we and and that tells me that you really are honest with your investigation and that you don't accelerate the investigation and then automatically slap a label and i think that's the misconception that we have with the paranormal i think we um like i said it's a metaphor the paranormal is like an octopus the tentacles we're just too focused on it's a spirit it's a demon it's residual it's a poltergeist but we're missing the entire factor of it it's like the entire animal we neglect to see and i just love the fact that you're like we don't know what's happening but something is happening we just have to figure it out more and more and yeah just nurture it and figure out what we're truly dealing with and yeah. I, I just i had to tell you that like <laughs> it's just so enlightening and refreshing to hear that <laughs> it's, it's because i'm charging a ticket price i'm asking you give me your money and come on this experience with me um and that makes it hard for people that are spending their hard-earned dollars to come do this and is this going to be a good value for what they spent mm-hmm. um and you cannot guarantee activity. You mm-hmm. can't. The ghosts aren't on the payroll. It's, <laughs> you know, yes. you, you can't make anything happen. And I, 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 I'm honest, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like lying and I don't like being disingenuine. I, I want to be honest, but it's hard when people come with this expectation of, well, I paid money, something's going to happen or it better happen. Um, and I think other investigations will feel pressured to produce a ghost for you. Mm-hmm. But if the equipment is going off on a false positive, they give it to the guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do my best to kind of, I don't want to say meet in the middle because that sounds wrong for how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you at the beginning of the night. This is how all of our equipment works. This is what this looks like. This is what this looks like. This is not what we're looking for. And this is what we hope to be getting when it is a direct interaction. And then from there, if I tell you, no, that's not a ghost. No, that's not a ghost. No, that's not a ghost. For the rest of the night, you hate me. Um, So I try to just go, here's all the information. Let's see what happens. And then kind of hold your hand through the rest of the night. But also... Don't tell you no, but help you investigate it. So if something is going off, you know, I help guide the, okay, if you did that, even if I know that's Mm -hmm. not a ghost because it's the way it's going off that I told you is not what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you did that, can you do it again? Mm -hmm. And then if it doesn't replicate, hopefully now they get to come to the conclusion and investigate themselves. Like, oh, oh, it was that. Mm -hmm. It was that thing she told us about. Um, 
so it's hard because it, you know if I tell you no all night you hate me because you've come to have an experience <laughs> oh God, and you want to yeah. see something light up yeah and I, I get it I totally get it um well luckily the deck is lit for Christmas right now there so you go <laughs> if you need to see the lights go upstairs, go upstairs. they're twinkling right? they're, I they're know beautiful. <laughs> actually you kind of can you kind of touch you've sort of been explaining this what do you think, as we all know, mm. so many times people, what they bring can affect the investigation as much as what you may be experiencing yeah. with something that's as public and historical as the Queen Mary. Can you t- talk a little bit about how you navigate what maybe someone wants when they want to see the number 42 and they're seeing it versus what you know as someone who is here day in, day out? Um... We do our best that when we get asked about certain stories or certain things to be like, well, here's where that comes from and here's where that's false and here's that origin and here's what we know now and here's where we've gone into the records and we have the facts Mm. written out from the captain's log, from whoever recorded the data on the ship on that day or on that year. Um, There is a lot of stories that have come about since her docking in 1971. Um, The very first owners, when any staff experienced something strange, told them, don't talk about it, nothing happened. Mm. No ghosts. Mm. Um, But things were happening in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But there were also stories that came out of that period, um, like the little girl who drowned in the swimming pool. We know there was never a little girl who drowned in the swimming pool. There's records. <laughs> the only record of anything <laughs> yes. ever happening in that pool. That. No, is yeah. that just yeah. you? Yeah. Um, the way I always equate it is that they literally knew how many pounds of potatoes were on the ship for every voyage, how many bottles of champagne on the final voyage. There was more bottles of champagne than there was bottles of water. (laughs) They know what's happening on the ship. (laughs) So they would have, they would have this little girl. They literally sent an SOS for champagne. (laughs) (laughs) I already love her more. (laughs) I love her so much more, of course. I know. <laughs> but um, so we know her records are in depth. Wow. So if there was ever anyone who died in the pool, it would be recorded. Now, that's not to say that that little girl that everybody calls Jackie mm-hmm. doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. There is certainly something that responds to Jackie here on the ship. There is certainly a little girl who sends our security at night going on a wild goose hunt because she's running around the halls and they're like, where is your mom? And then she disappears. Mm. Um, So there's very clearly a little girl here um, that we believe goes by the name of Jackie, but she didn't die here. And that's where her origin story comes from. Um, So it leads us to question a lot, where did Jackie come from? Did the experience come first or did the false story come first? Either way, it's interesting because whether or not she died here, whether or not she lived here, she exists here in some way. Mm. She certainly didn't die here. Who knows if she lived here? Because to go through a Mm. thousand and one transatlantic crossing records to find a Jackie... 
Ugh, I don't even know <laughs> where we could begin on that. And her story blew up because of Peter James. Is that correct? Is correct. That, okay. And I was always taught to go towards the date, time, and origin of the story. Mm, you correct. know, where, when did these stories, where were these stories and when were these stories birthed? Correct. And I will say, do people still, I, I, I want to know, just, do people still see Jackie? People do. Okay. Um, For the three psychics who have emailed me to tell me that they have pushed her along, that they have made her see the light. um, (laughs) Nobody pushes Jackie. No one pushes Jackie? (laughs) So here's here's my... (laughs) I've had quite a few people send me messages in the past. They're like, she's no longer there. She's at peace. When I was there, I moved her to the light. I was like, okay, you and three other people have done this. So here's my point with Jackie. Because we know that the little girl who drowned is false, Mm. did she exist before the story? Mm. So, because so many people believed in the little girl who drowned in the pool, did that create Jackie? The Agricola. Was she ever a passenger of the Queen Mary? I don't know. Mm -hmm. She could be a passenger who lived here and had some great times in the pool. She could be a manifestation of a collective belief in that story. Yeah. Because that story is believed still today. I still have to tell people today that no little girl drowned in the swimming pool. But she exists. So many people have had experiences and interactions with her. I don't deny that she exists. And for mm-hmm. the first time in an investigation the other night, I had something respond to Jackie wow. at, positively on the data log. Wow. And I was like, nice to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I I definitely, and maybe I'm adding to the manifestation in Jackie and believing others' belief that they have interacted with her. Um, Belief, I mean, not to sound like Tinkerbell, but it truly is a very powerful, yes, thank you. Yeah. But it is the most powerful human collective. Our belief in hope, our belief in each other, our belief in what happens to us, our belief in our stories. What a powerful force. So if nothing else then, okay, that can still exist. It's when people try and label it, like, no, I know it's this. Yeah. Why does it have to be more yeah. than what we can just see? Yeah. If, if all it is is that we came together and created this version of this story, it's not super historical, but it's kind of nice that we, like, did a group project together. I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's enough. It's enough. As the share, shares, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, well, like, you were talking about the different labels in the paranormal world um, and how I was saying a ghost is not necessarily just someone who's passed on. No. I don't really label a lot in this world. Mm-hmm. I am, I guess, on that sciencey side of things that I, I take our kind of everyday world mm. approach and viewpoint to it. Um, you know, I'm not really the, oh, the Queen Mary has portals and, uh, I'm not really that person. Like I said, have legs, will travel. I look at everything and everyone that we interact with as a person. Um, and I always say death does not make a saint. There are assholes in life. There are assholes in death. That doesn't mean it's a demon. 
we get a lot of those stories where I came to the Queen Mary and left with a demon. I saw a demon. And I always tell people, well, you bring in, you carry something with you when you go to places like this. Mm. And sometimes those things can manifest in certain ways. Like whatever energy you bring in, you're going to get back. Mm. It's the same thing we tell people when they're afraid of Ouija boards. Uh, I'm yeah. like, first of all. Who would be afraid of a Ouija board? <laughs> they sell them in the gift shop. I mean, that's crazy. Oh, seriously. <laughs> Just tuck and roll. Just <laughs> me carrying out a box, a Ouija board yeah, okay. out of the gift shop. Like, put it on my room. The, the generation that kind of has us fearing Ouija boards definitely experimented with um, psychedelics mm. and alcohol mm. and played a little game with a Ouija board and experienced some weird shit because that's <laughs> what you were expecting. Um, you put, you, you get what you put forth. Mm. Um, because you put your hands on a Ouija board, I don't really have a lot of trust in it um, because subconsciously or consciously you could be manipulating that into whatever it is going to be does it mean i'm right no um does it mean i'm wrong no Uh, that is just my viewpoint on it it's really hard to feel any sort of evidence Mm -hmm. data collection you know Mm -hmm. that something is something when it's your hands on it um again our heart is in the right place but our subconscious is also very powerful too and you're like i'm completely checked out i'm just letting whatever happen so um there was a study done with a ouija board where they blindfolded the participants and then turned it a direction that they didn't tell the participants which way it was facing and then they couldn't spell anything interesting so Mm -hmm. intriguing (laughs) maybe a ghost just wasn't present for that moment Or mm-hmm. your own conclusions. Or maybe Ouija boards don't have spell check. <laughs> I need to be open to the possibilities. I know. I'm a terrible Download some Grammarly. Yeah. Yeah, right. But, um, uh, you know, we tell people if they do want to play with a Ouija board, you know, if you're scared of it or you think you're only going to get a demon, well, then that's what you're going to get mm. because that is what you've put into it. Exactly. Um, it's also think of, you know, when you dial your phone and you dial your mom. And your mom's happy to hear from you. Mm-hmm. If you go and dial up random numbers and you have no one that you're specifically trying to get, mm-hmm. that person may pick up the phone and they are anywhere from, mm. hello, who is this? Hello? Mm-hmm. Who's this? Wow. Yeah. Who the fuck are you? Why are you calling me? Exactly. You know, it, it's it's confusion to anger. Mm. So if you are getting anything from a Ouija board that you're randomly just dialing, who are you disturbing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that is how it works. Sure. Um, you you definitely get what you put out. Um, and I think everybody's beliefs plays into this as well. Mm. Um, now that this has broadened out and I bring out bigger groups, you know, it is curious, you know, on the nights that it's more quiet? Is it because my group is quiet and reserved? Is it because somebody in the group was brought there against their will and they're hoping nothing happens? Mm -hmm. Um, Are they praying to someone that nothing happens? We were just talking Um, about that. Yeah. uh, Aiden sharing with us about the mother who came with her daughter, if Mm -hmm. I'm remembering. Yeah. I I haven't been able to get that story out of my head because I wasn't raised Catholic, but I was raised very religiously. Yeah, the Archangel Michael. That's a big gun to be praying to. Yes. Oh, of course. Of course, of uh-huh. course that would matter. That's like the Bentley of all angels. Truly. Yes. <laughs> Even just the strength of your belief in that mm-hmm. entity 
would be a big presence. In exactly. Like, I've been thinking about that since we and It was such a good story, it, yeah. And you believe in the little girl who drowned in the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. What do you create? Yeah. Exactly. And that leads me <laughs> to something that was being sold in the gift shop, the keychains to room B340. And we have a friend, tour guy Chris, shout out to him, who repetitively sends us the link to his bio that has the real story of room B340. Can you no, lead us? 474. 474, which is, yes, Different. what people mistakenly think it's b340 there's there's multiple things Mm -hmm. um there what his track down is is there is another room that another of that era um (laughs) before the internet existed and you could figure out if somebody was telling the same story at multiple locations Mm. um there was a family um a woman who got on the queen mary and unfortunately, her daughter, grandchildren were murdered, if I'm remembering grandchildren correctly, and I believe it was her daughter. Wow. Um, and they were murdered by her son-in-law, her daughter's husband. Um, did cool. not happen on the ship, but the telegram saying what had happened was sent to the ship because she had just gotten aboard the Queen Mary and they were trying to alert everybody to not let her know what happened so that she wouldn't be out at sea traumatized um, knowing this news and there's nothing you can do other than just grieve Um, she did find out before that telegram could be reached to say please don't tell her she had already been told Um, but this story was told as if it happened in one of the rooms on B deck mm. on the Queen Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the story about, um, I think a passenger named Walter is what they say. They talk about a Walter in B340. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who, oh gosh, I wish, it's hard because when it's the stories that aren't true, I'm just mm. like, ah. Yeah, yeah, they're so, like, the Walter who killed, <laughs> went crazy and killed his family the, and the slammed. The history is keeping up enough of my brain so <laughs> Slammed a baby against a wall. There's babies against walls in the yeah, ship now all of a sudden. There's so many of those. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if that story has been blurred into B340 or if it was always in just another B room, mm-hmm. but also some of these stories get told all around the ship because it's just this giant game of telephone yeah um water down where b340 is interesting is again belief um b340 was originally uh, a creation of a certain house of mouse that tells really good stories and uh once upon a time they bought the ship for a dollar true story <gasps> one I didn't know that. like i heard they leased it i didn't know they bought it for a bought book. it one whole dollar um and uh during that time they did what they do best and they amplified the ghost stories that they embraced it um that's where the disappearing footprints from jackie comes from wow. at the pool um they installed Ooh. different effects into the ship to bring her to life wow. which was brilliant and wonderful oh, and also favorite yeah like, i love that and also what does that do for for the spirits does that add an energy for them wow. you know that that you're embracing them or adding to their existence wow. does that help empower them or does that help more of the assholes come out and 
traumatize them. I Makes you know. wonder if Disney set out the blueprint for a tulpa of Jackie. I don't know. Because that was kind of like the Philip experiment that we talked about. For 10 years, these people would meet to create Philip Morrison, mm-hmm. and they created him. They yeah. eventually did. They created the blueprint, the story, and the ghost, yeah. finally. And now, granted, she existed since the 70s, mm-hmm. but I wasn't alive from the 70s. Right. No. <laughs> you know, to know whether or not Jackie had genuine interactions before that, outside right. of just one person telling her story. Now I know enough people that have been like, oh yeah, I had this happen, I had this happen, and I believe they're experiences so i know she definitely exists now but i don't know at what point did she start interacting in our world Mm -hmm. um so i don't know you know that could be a thing um but uh b340 they installed uh, a bunch of different effects into that room so that you could book the most haunted room on the queen mary for Mm -hmm. your overnight stay Um, and it would go bump in the night Um, and you were satisfied you got what you paid for um and when they sold the ship, they didn't tell the next owners that any of that was in that room. So people would randomly get assigned to B340 and understandably would be scared in the middle of the night because their room was spooky. <laughs> and they'd go asking front desk for a room change because they were scared. Yeah. It happened enough times that they took the room offline. Wow. And uh, we're like, we're done. Too many complaints. We're over it. And then that was when they discovered the control panel in the hallway outside of B340 and figured out <laughs> that every time the, the electricity and the power was getting cycled, that that was triggering all of the effects in the room to turn on. They left the, the animatronics. They, they left it. Yeah. So they got all that power down, put the room back online, and then continued to have things happen. Um, people continue to have experiences mm. in that space. So it begs the question of, by creating that space, did it create the belief in the space? Mm-hmm. Did it um, create the expectation of that space? Um, what I usually kind of like to say is that that's prankster's paradise. Mm. You know, if it is known that something in the closet scares you because it's bumping or rattling yeah, or oh knocking. God, yeah. You can just hide in that and nobody thinks to look for you because it's an animatronic. But when the animatronic is gone, (laughs) well, I'm still enjoying this. It's fun to scare people in the middle of the night. So why not do that for all time? Um, Also, the other side of it, have legs will travel. Um, Is that a meeting grounds for the paranormal? Mm. If so many people go to that space with the expectation of finding a ghost... Maybe somebody who needs to get a message out goes to that space because they know they're more likely to find somebody that will be able to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Um, If you and I can watch TV and if they're living in our time and space, they can also see that these paranormal investigative shows are at this certain location or in this specific room. And man, I got to get there. I really want to say something to Sarah. Mm -hmm. I need Sarah to get this message. These people in this space might hear me. So has that been what's created, you know, all of the hauntings of B340 today? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's always the what if. Like, but what if, you know? What if it's this? What if it's that? What if it's geomagnetism of the earth, the parallel dimensions, or something else that is trying to make communication that is with us, you know? I I always say that if we get one answer, then we have three more questions. Like, it just, you're always led to just more questions 
Um, again, it's something you can't see. So probably a controversial take, but I like to say that there are no experts in this field. Mm. I don't think that anybody can be an expert at something that we can't see and that we don't have a full understanding of how it works. Oh, yes. All of it is experiments. All of it is just kind of going at it and seeing what happens. Mm -hmm. And sure, I guess I'm an expert here Mm -hmm. because of how long I've been here and how long I've been doing this, but I still don't consider myself an expert because you're learning something every day. You're still experiencing it every day. Um, And I don't think you can ever have a conclusive, this is what this is. Absolutely. Um, I think it was uh, Cindy Keza in an interview with Jack Osborne said it so well on his podcast of Ghost and Grit. I read more, but I know less. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. It's like the more you try to learn, it's like we still don't have the answers. And what scares me the most is not ghosts or demons. It's the people that claim they have the answers. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that really scare me because those are the big bullies of the community, unfortunately. And there's a ton of them. There's a ton. Well, it's it's hard because the the science science does not support the paranormal. Mm. Surely there are going to be scientists that are out of the norm that are interested in the paranormal, that are intrigued, that believe in it, that, you know, pursue it as well. Mm. But science as a whole does not support the paranormal. A lot of what we do hasn't changed in centuries. Um, the Estes method um, is kind of the first way that has revolutionized paranormal investigating in so long um you know we're still using the same equipment and we're using the same equipment that has false positives that make people go well that's not how it works and that's not what it's for well sure but tell me why it's working this way Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. is it working this way and just just watch for a few minutes and see what happens and try to explain it um you know, and when we're left with no explanation, it doesn't mean, well, that's a ghost. <laughs> but it's certainly intriguing, um, especially when it feels like you're having a conversation yeah. and that conversation stays the same across the same evening, mm-hmm. across multiple evenings, across years. Um, you know, wow. to be able to get the same information or the same answers or the same positive reactions to things. Um, so it's, it's hard because I... Again, everybody in this community has their heart in the right spot, but I always say we got to just we just got to take a breath for a minute and just go, okay, but what is happening? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, evaluate it for just a moment because when you leap to something too quickly is when everybody else will label you crazy. Mm. And then that's when we don't get the respect um, that we're hoping this world could have so that it could have the support or the understanding. Mm-hmm. Um so that more people would respect it potentially agreed yeah yeah um another question that we had to um with the ticket and the tour of the great ghost like we were told that you can go into certain areas that you're not allowed to go to as you know the public mm. like what are some areas that the tour allows you to go in to explore respectfully (laughs) (laughs) we are still kind of playing with all the areas that we're going to uh the spaces that we've been frequenting so far is the rope hold Mm. the isolation ward um i've really been enjoying going up to the captain's bridge Mm. um we 
can go to the Mauritania room, which is the location of the longest recorded um, full-bodied apparition on the ship. Um, We go to the engine room, but not to door 13. Um, And there is a good reason, right? Yeah. um, Most people know the story of door 13, and um, Mm. that poor guy just needs some rest. Agreed. Um, People have been looking for him for almost as long as the ship has been docked, and um, his name is publicly out there. He's part of the ship record, so there's no way to kind of scrub that. Um, but people think it's appropriate that once they learn that name to then go find his family and reach out to them and dig up that trauma for them. Um, and I think every single investigation previously has gone specifically looking for him. Yes, we go to the pool, but I don't just go looking for Jackie. If Jackie presents herself, I'll put it out there. Hey, Jackie, if you're here... But I'm not going to neglect anybody else who may also be there. There are other sightings and recordings of other entities in yeah, that space, that's too. that's true. Um, so it's pretty unfair to kind of just shut yourself off and be like, no, just this person. Yeah. Because then you're only in it for yourself and what you're looking to get out of it, as opposed to what that space and what those entities present to you. And if you truly want to be kind, caring, and respectful, mm-hmm. then listen to them and see who comes forth and see what you can potentially do for them. Yeah. Um, so door 13 um, is unfortunately where this young man lost his life. And investigations love to go there looking for him. And I just, I don't think you need to go down specifically to that door if he wants to talk. Um, so I am interested to investigate the engine room. We have had um, interactions in the engine room, mm-hmm. but we'll stay up away on the platforms. It's still in that space. Mm-hmm. But if he's like, man, I'm really missing talking to people, he can hear us. He yeah. can hear what, we do, what we're yeah. doing. And if he's been interacted with for as long as it seems like he's been interacted with, if he is there, then he knows what we're doing, and he knows he can come find us. Yeah. Um, so I... I we don't look for the death and the trauma in what brings a spirit here and we look for those who lived um or who may just linger period um so that is the other side that i battle when it comes to this is um when i explained b340 one night we're in the room and we have an interesting estes session things (laughs) happened and when we're cleaning up and we're leaving this girl looks at me and she goes so this room isn't haunted (sighs) and I was like (laughs) baffled by the question because I couldn't figure out why I was being asked that Mm. because I explained to you that the origin for what everybody thinks is the room is incorrect suddenly it's not haunted we just had weird experiences but it's not haunted but I think it took I think what she was getting to was nobody died here Um, so I don't specifically go to places because someone died here. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just, that seems really disrespectful to me. And, and if someone tacky. is yeah. trapped there for trauma, why do I want to pull that up and dredge that up for them? Mm-hmm. And are we making them re-experience that trauma? Um, it's, it's hard in investigations. Um, there's been some nights 
where someone's like, I feel like they're having a heart attack. Mm. And I'm like, maybe we shouldn't discuss that. And they're like, well, then what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, what can we do anyways? Yeah. You know, if they are having a heart attack, I don't think there's anything we can right. do other than just be here. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, we, we ask our guests to not ask about traumatic or mm. awful or death. Um, you know, because those are topics you and I generally don't like discussing. So they probably don't like discussing either. No. Um, and we'll find too that they don't necessarily know or think that they have passed on. Right. And again, that definition of a ghost, someone who's passed on, what if they haven't, or at least to them in their minds or their time and space, wherever they're at, they haven't passed. So if you're like, Hey, you're dead. I was looking at you right now while we're filming this podcast and I was like hey did you know you're dead be like yeah. wait hold on oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> hold on <laughs> what is that is that the Truman show yeah right <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, send an SOS for more champagne on, like, there's a way that you talk to people and there's things that you like look no one's waspier than me like game recognized game but there's just like certain things you don't bring up like oh sorry like how was your trauma your yeah. worst experience mm-hmm. i would never do that to someone that oh, i was are interacting you in pain? Right. can like, you tell me how you're in scab? pain right now yeah. i would never do that because that's disgusting behavior and i think it's often in many experiences but especially mm-hmm. in this industry we forget that like human humans first they yeah. were human beings living and telling their lives first and we're like oh no i can like kick this door down and demand they poke my ball like my little light up ball (laughs) what if someone did that right now in my house i have a machete hanging on my door like i would lose my mind you're right and why would we expect anything different yeah Mm -hmm. no and that's that's why i start all of my investigations by saying we consider this their home Mm. um it gets repetitive but we introduce ourselves in every space that we go into because just as you said if i walked into your house and started demanding to speak to you Apparently, you'd machete me. Uh, I usually say that someone would just call the cops on me. Right. Potato, potato, <laughs> SOS for champagne. Who's to say? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's true. You know, and that's where, again, like I said earlier, that mm. I think that we didn't come in swinging yeah. to start. Mm-hmm. That we were just here for four months before we ever talked. Wow. That that created some respect, potentially, to allow space for, yeah, I'll talk to you. Rather than just, who are you? Mm, what yeah. are you doing here? What do you want? Why? <laughs> wow. um, but going back to pain, I think these people have the right intention. You know, the, oh my God, you're in pain. What can I do for you? Mm. But I'm like, realistically, what can, can we, we do, do for yeah. you? Um, if they are experiencing that, I mean, I guess we just say, hey, we're here with you. But also like... Oh, you're having a heart attack? I'm here with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but can you get a nurse? I'm here with you, babe. Yes. It's okay. Yeah. I'm just Thoughts here. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts okay. and prayers. I, 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 don't, I don't know what we should do in that situation mm. yet. Um, I guess it hasn't happened enough for mm-hmm. me to be like, ooh, maybe this is the way to go about it. But it, it is people, you know? And um, that's the other side of these investigations is anytime I ask for something, I'm like, I'm not asking you to do a trick. I'm not trying to make you my circus monkey mm. or a trick pony. Um, but there will be people that ask for things. And I'm like, oh, 
this isn't your dog. Mm. And I, I get it. You know, they're, they're not doing this as much as I am. So they're, they're doing their best to replicate what they see that it is that I'm doing in an investigation. Um, but there is sometimes an approach that I'm just like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're not trying to make you a dog. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, you know, the, it's my birthday. Tell me happy birthday. Oh God. And I'm like, oh, I get it. But that's, that's the trick pony element. That's, yes. that's the thing I, I do my best to avoid, you know, and try to like, Hey, let's maybe not. Let's learn some more questions that we can ask them. How about that? Yeah. Or just sit in silence. The satisfaction of having a happy birthday by seeing something happen, by having a meaningful conversation as Mm -hmm. opposed to do this dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I get it. I get it. You know, it, it's hard, especially when you're walking into a world that you're not a part of and you're just like, oh, I'm just going to do this. I bought a ticket. This will be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, but I hope that by the end of the night, people have seen my approach for the three hours that maybe they would change the way they go about it next time mm. or the way that they view the world generally. Um, and maybe we start some sort of small wave yeah. of kind of making this a kinder, more respectful yes. um, way to go about things, hopefully for the future. Yeah. Have you ever had to kick someone out of a tour? Not yet. Oh, God. Not no. yet. I hope all my terms and conditions are very clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Agree to join us. Um, I, I've done my best to put all of that out there so that yeah. hopefully it's, it's not Good. a thing. Thank goodness. I, whew, I know. Um, but I got my security if I need it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the closest, oof, oof, the closest I got was oh, I almost, no. um, I hosted, um, a, a, uh, a, a YouTube investigation. Already. Good night. We already know. <laughs> already know. <laughs> Good night. We already know where this leads, where this ends, <laughs> how it ends. Oh, yeah. oh I, God. I almost ended it. They were supposed to come and do our investigation, and instead it was just, oh, we have the keys to the ship. We're just going to go. Um, and I should have shut it down. The only reason I didn't was uh, it very much felt like the fuck around and find out. They were treating with disrespect, and I saw the disrespect getting served right back. And I was like, you know what? Go ahead, ghosts. If you're enjoying this, yeah, do it. Do your worst. This is somebody I will let you do that with because they're not being kind to you, so mm. you can be unkind back to them because mm. that's what they deserve from you right yeah. now with the way they're treating you. Um, and that's the only reason I didn't shut it down. I still should have. You know, and it's not that I want to encourage that behavior either. Um, it was it was really hard to see and be a part of and watch. And I was just like, please let this get better. Please let this get better. You know, and I tried to hope that we can make adjustments to make it better. But of course, you know, the end product is exactly what I expected it would be. Um, but at least they did it in B340. So I was like, yeah, yeah, Prankster's Paradise. <laughs> literally, literally. Oh. It was a lot of get in the closet, get in the closet, scared, get in the closet. I was like, <laughs> oh, no. so you, you knowing like, oh, they're 
they're in on this now. Yeah. The other side, not the... Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, and then, of course, because I participated in that, even though I felt like... <laughs> mm-hmm. I did my best not to, but still, I did. A um, couple nights later, I come to bring in my public group, and I got locked out of B340. Wow. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have apologized <laughs> multiple yeah. times. I'm sorry. Um, the staff on board will tell you that the door was just jammed, but it was full. It felt full mm. on dead bolted. Yeah. Like I turned yeah, to like, open that the door was and I did the catch on the, and I was like, okay, we'll go to someplace else and then we'll come back to this one. And literally security attractions had to come down and damn, push open the door. Oh. And I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're like, that wasn't an accident. I know that was personal. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Surely. I was like, I deserve that. I get it. It's fair. That's fair. It's totally fair. In your opinion, what is the most active area of the ship, in your opinion, the most? Or does it just kind of like have its moments, have its days? It definitely has its moments and has its days. Um, I always say the forward B deck area just because that's where I've spent the majority of my personal time investigating. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where I've, you know, built the relationships uh, have put in the time, you know? So to me, that's where it's the most active, but I go around the ship and I go to sleeping on B deck. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to take a lot to wake me up. Very sound sleeper. So I I don't know what to tell you. We're sleeping. Um, I'm going there. I'm very tired. Um, so it's hard because I'm still getting new access to the entirety of the ship. Mm -hmm. So it is still becoming new for me to experience the ship as a whole. Um, so it's hard for me to say any other space is the most active outside of just where I've spent the majority of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, science. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but, you know, I'm always surprised by activity in the 6 p.m. investigations on Saturday nights, especially when the 10 p.m. feels quiet because everybody's expectation is that a later investigation will be having more activity. Yeah. Um but some nights that 6 p.m. is something's going on. Wow. And I don't know if we just burn the energy on the 6 p.m. to where mm. then they can't talk to us on the 10 p.m. Um, but I also like to equate it to, like, if you have an 8 o'clock bedtime, maybe they do, too. Yeah. Um, if you're talking to a little girl named Jackie in the swimming pool, maybe her bedtime's 8 o'clock. She in bed, <laughs> sweetheart. Yeah, She's past her bedtime at mm-hmm. 1 a.m. Seriously. Um. So everything ebbs and flows. It's different. Um, even the ship as a whole, um, Aiden and I both um, will say that you walk up to the ship some days and you're like, she's sad today. <gasps> wow. And there's something about just the ship as a whole. You're like, she's sad. Wow. And there's days you walk up to her and you're like, oh, she looks good. It's a good day. She's happy today. Mm-hmm. Um, there, is, there is certainly some sort of soul to the ship. Um, and maybe that is where people's connection to the ship comes from. Mm. Um, people always say, if these walls could talk, I do wonder if these walls can. Um, with wow. everything that they have seen and done and feel and experienced, do they talk? Mm. Um, I don't know. That's another... guess that's where I leave, where I say I stay in our reality of yeah. perspective <laughs> of things. Right? <laughs> and I am curious to experiment with, does the ship talk? Does the Queen Mary talk? Does she have a soul? Yeah. Um, for all that she has been through and experienced. 
Um, what could she tell us? Mm. Can she tell us? Um, so she's definitely a thing all in herself, but mm. also with the different entities that wander her decks as well. Wow. Damn. I want to end on that note. Yeah. That was so <laughs> fucking good. Um, thank you. I, yes. We are like hitting the hour right now. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Rebecca. It's so enlightening. I keep on using that word enlightening, but it is. Mm. It's like refreshing to meet people like you in our community that are just doing a really good job and trying to set precedents and trying to pave this way of like ethics and respect and morale so we really do appreciate that what you and aiden do really do i feel like you said does she have a soul and i got goosebumps i really do think Mm. that she does and everybody that's here whether we can see them or not and are a part of that soul feeds her and stuff and makes her breathe and makes Mm. her tick so where can people find out more information about your tours and events here on the queen mary we are the Grey Ghost Project, so greyghostproject.com, or you can find us on all social media as QM Ghost Project, QM like Queen Mary, and, <laughs> and uh, you can purchase tickets through our website, and you can see um, some of what we're up to on our social media. We're trying to send out little snippets of like the interesting interactions that we have, the uh, encounters that we mm-hmm. feel like we have. Um, out on our social media so that you can see what may or may not happen Mm. Um, but also we don't like giving too much away because of that science aspect we Mm -hmm. want people to be able to come fresh and you can't come entirely fresh there is a lot of about her out there people know their stuff or they come and take a day tour it's totally fair Um, but if I can limit as much of the interactions that we have in our investigations as possible that allows you to be fresh to why did you ask that question? Mm. Well, you really heard that in Estes? Well, that's interesting because we had that interaction a month ago. Mm. Um, so if I leave you out of the loop in our interactions as much as possible, then you help us science more of our, our database, our collection wow. mm-hmm. of what is happening here. Um, so with your ticket too, you be are able to get a link to your investigation. So if you do participate in the Estes method, you get to see the other side of what it was that happened. But then you also get access to our entire archive. You get to see everything that has happened on all of our public investigations. And you get to follow along with the journey of our collection of data and what's happening and who were the spirits that may be here. Um, I'm... It's becoming the bane of my existence, but I'm creating a log of every single name that we get, whether it is in relation to what's your name or not, but how many times a name wow. comes up, you know, does that start building a picture of somebody who may or may not be here? Um, so you get to see kind of our journey and exploring this and everything that comes of it. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, people don't think that. Like, yeah, there are so many names that pop up. So many. Yeah, I and bet. If for me, the, the most intriguing part of names is because of someone who I consider, um, I call him the antagonizer on the ship. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> um, I, anytime previously I would ask for names, I would be told, can't tell you it's a secret. Mm. If you believe in magic with a K, names hold power. Mm. So uh, 
if you don't trust a person or you just don't want to give up that power, you're not going to give away your name. So I specifically am intrigued anytime we get a name. Is that my group just thinking because of the this time and space that you're in that that's what's going to happen? You're mm-hmm. going to receive names. So is that why we're receiving names? Or is that somebody in that space finally giving up their name? Mm-hmm. Or somebody I haven't interacted with before that hasn't told me it's a secret that is completely willing to give us their name. Um, so I'm super intrigued by names to see what validity they have. Um, but also the antagonizer likes to, uh, take on other personas to manipulate you and lead you down a rabbit hole. Um, so there is a name that I will use as an example every single night and we got told that that was somebody's name one night. I was like, mm, don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Don't you already trust know. You. But that's also my bias, you know, so mm-hmm. that's where I also have to try and step back in these investigations too and kind of let the people follow their feelings mm-hmm. and intuitions too. Mm-hmm. You know, even if the, the devices are going off in a way that I told them is not the way they go off and that's a false positive if they're like oh no it's totally a thing can you do it again and then it happens again or estes is like yeah i did that then i'm like okay all right maybe i'm wrong i could be wrong so it is also important too for me to kind of step back and you know let the groups guide the investigation as well and see what comes of that Mm -hmm. damn i mean see we really don't know what happens on this ship like i didn't even know that either But we just assume, you know, we'd like to label things because it makes us feel better. It gives us comfort. It's easy to fear the unknown and things you can't see. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Um, what time is it? Oh, my God. It is yeah. about... <laughs> we are getting close to time, guys. We are excited. There are two um, uh, schedules on the investigations. There's um, a group that starts at 6 p.m. and another one that starts at 10. Is that right? We uh, do that on Saturdays. Um Currently, we're kind of playing with a schedule of 10 p.m.s on Friday and Saturday, 6 p.m. Saturday, and an 8 p.m. on Sunday. So we kind of have a varying schedule. Um, the 6 and the 8 p.m., though, means that if you are ages 13 and plus, you're able to come along with oh. a ticketed guardian. Um, but the 10 p.m. investigations means 18 and plus, just because oh, wow. we go until 1 a.m. Yeah. That's good to know since we have younger listeners. Yeah. Thank you once again, Becca. And we are excited. Yes. For our 10 p.m. tour. I walk off my pretzel legs. I know. <laughs> I know. And our cocktails. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The short ribs were amazing. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much once again, Becca. Thank you, guys. Once again, a huge Thank you to our new friend, Becca Knight, and of course, her amazing husband, Aiden Sinclair. If you ever have a chance or you're in and around the Queen Mary, please book your appointment. Book a tour on the Grey Ghost Project with Becca. Trust me, you won't regret it. It's amazing. It's very well led and very well curated. And of course, be sure to catch the 57 Ghost Seance that is led by Becca's husband, Aiden Sinclair. It's also an amazing experience. For more information on tours and the 57 Ghosts and the Grey Ghost Project, you can head over to queenmary.com and or greyghostproject.com to book your reservations. But real quickly, we wanted to bring up two things that caught our attention while we were editing this episode. First off, we were talking about room 340, right? Room B340 and room B4. 
seven, four. And it turned out on our reservations that we were booked and set to be placed in room B473. Was it a coincidence or synchronicities? Who knows? But we found that pretty interesting. But another thing too, if you guys listen closely at the one hour and 11 minute mark, as Becca is explaining her story about being locked out of room B340 by possibly something unexplainable, we captured what we thought was someone responding with a wow. We're going to play it for you real quickly. So if Aiden and Becca are listening to this episode, please message us in regards to this. But we kept on replaying it and replaying it over and over. And we were like, that sounds like someone responding to Becca like, wow, really, really? (laughs) Listen to it real quickly. Here it is. Sorry. 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 We found it very interesting. It did sound like it was something responding to Becca. And we were wondering, could this be Skylark? Could this be his salty and sassy way of responding and possibly still holding a grudge, which is really, really interesting. I mean, we did have a really good conversation and Skylark may have been there. We definitely felt like there was something in the room with us. And Becca definitely confirmed that there could have been a presence there. So who knows? So if you feel that that was definitely something we caught as an EVP, let us know in Instagram or just send us a quick message. Aiden and Becca, if you're listening, please do let us know what you think. But Bryce did confirm that this isn't his voice. We went back and played it over and over again. And we felt that we may have got something there. Who knows? Those things happen unexpectedly. And we were definitely here for it. All right, friends, thank you so much for tuning in to part one of Return to the Queen Mary. Stay tuned for part two. We'll be posting that next week. And this is our in-depth investigation with Becca Knight during our investigation with the Grey Ghost Project. And we'll be adding certain snippets of the tour, not the entire tour, don't worry. We want you guys to go and experience it for yourself, but it will definitely be a little amoosh-boosh. We'll definitely be posting the video of Bryce and myself doing the Estes Method together. Yes, Bryce finally conducting an experiment during an investigation. You don't want to miss it. We were in the rope deck and we will be getting that video posted on our Patreon page in a few weeks. We have to wait for it, but it's a good one. And it was very, very interesting (laughs) to say the least. So if you are not following Hollyweird Paranormal, please do at Instagram and Facebook at Hollyweird Paranormal. We're at HWP Podcast on X. And if you want to follow more spooky adventures in and around Los Angeles and follow me on TikTok at Haunted LA Girl. Be sure to be following our friends Becca Knight on Instagram at QM Grey Ghost Project if you want to see more footage of her investigations. And be sure to be following our friend Aiden Sinclair at Aiden Sinclair as well. If you love Hollywood Paranormal, please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help us indie podcasters out. If you have a ghost story that you're dying to share with us for our next upcoming Listener's Tales episodes, then please forward them to hollywoodparanormal at gmail.com. 
Want to support the podcast? Then you can do so through our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash Holly Weird Paranormal for as little as $1 or more for however many months you want. You can support Holly Weird Paranormal. You'll be gifted in merch such as pins, magnets, stickers, and coasters. And you'll also get access into our Saturday Night Ghost Club podcast. These are ghost stories that we've collected from friends, coworkers, and family members. Everyone has a ghost story, so we compiled it up into this little secret podcast for you. We are also going to be revamping our Patreon page. Show is going to look weirder, spookier, and better than ever. So be sure to sign up for it because we will be releasing the video of us conducting the Estes Method in the rope deck on the Queen Mary very soon. All right, friends, always remember to take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most of all, stay weird. We hope that you're summoning the holiday spirit in every way possible and keeping those holiday spirits bright, of course, and that you're having a spooky yuletide. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a holly weird New Year. Stay well and stay safe, friends, till next time. Always remember, stay holly weird. (laughs) 